0: Thanks, Darren. Thanks for coming over for for this this uh, session, which we are doing at UESO, and and this is a pretty interesting session. Something that's been very close to my heart, which is uh, the future of asset performance management. I mean, the present and the future, especially from the context of uh, facility management, property management, and what some of the companies are doing, right? And uh, we are absolutely uh, great and honored to have you. So thank you so much and joining us.
1: It's a pleasure to mesh as always, great to catch up with you. Awesome,
0: mate. So for the for, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, Darren McCready, uh, you know, is head of Estates at Exo Healthcare at the Manchester Hospital complex. Uh, he previously headed technical services with Circo Middle East. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that I've known about him is that he has absolute... Uh, great Scottish humour, right? So, I mean, that's where I'll stop uh, on, on introducing Darren, and I'd like Darren to talk more about his career, and uh, especially the current work that he's doing at Sodexo uh, and FM in general. Over to you, Darren.
1: Didn't realise I had that great Scottish humour, but thanks for making me aware of that, Amish. Uh, yeah, my background is healthcare engineering for over 30 years now. Uh, I'm an electrical engineer by industry, uh qualified and certified and chartered energy manager and a few other things in the bow uh, i i've been authorized person on a number of healthcare sites so i've had the unique ability to come through the ranks as you as you would say it and have been a i've been a an actual hands-on engineer not a pencil engineer as some some people might, might uh, apply the logic to it uh, and it's been a great a great career path so far. Uh, I've started awesome. from engineer through to supervisors, uh, managers, director positions, vice president, and now head of estates on on what is the, the largest PFI healthcare site in Europe. So we, we've got five hospitals here, all critical. Mm. Uh, we've got in the region of 200,000 assets, all energy efficient, all all assets that we we want to become better at in performance managing. Uh, so so it's, it's been a great year here so far, and we're working with you on a number of things, Amesh, and we appreciate that support.
0: No thanks, man. So so uh, thanks for the introduction, and and I'm sure we'll see a lot of your humor in the in the next thirty odd minutes. I I, I see that coming once in a while. Uh, the pencil engineer is is something that I've already picked up. uh right so we'll we'll get started with a question. So uh, as you mentioned, Darren, this has been an interesting year for for many of the, for, for many of us, right? And especially for you because you kind of moved to 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 UK recently. So talk us through uh, from the work perspective, what's been keeping you busy uh, over the last few months? And uh, are there cer- certain missing elements which you and your team thought if they would have been there, it would have make uh, you, you know your your yours and your team's life easier?
1: Yeah, one word, uh, the dreaded word, COVID, coronavirus. Uh, It's been a really challenging year, so I guess it's been keeping us all busy in healthcare this year. Mm. Uh, We've had to amend and change how we operate a little bit. We've had to bend the rules slightly every now and again. We've had to let the science lead us in the right way and tell us what's the right thing to do to uh, protect patients, especially vulnerable patients. So, right. if anything, anything, this year has been a real learning curve on, on mm. how much you, how you can flex engineering assets to deliver what they weren't quite designed to do,
0: awesome. uh, and,
1: and move away from that whole it was always intended to do that thought mm. process to to do you know what we can actually make it do that and we control it to do that, uh, and right. the benefit from that is the is the, is the clinical people. So, I guess COVID's been keeping us busy this year, uh, right? It's been a little bit of a stunting growth to how we want to make ourselves better, but it's been right. a learning curve in and being able to deal with something that you didn't expect, didn't see coming, right. uh, and with the unexpected. So I would say that sums up the year.
0: That's that's interesting. And when you say that you've you've had and your team has had to stretch the engineering limit, uh, has data played any role in that, or it's it's purely that you've relied on 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 experience and and a bit of gut.
1: Oh, absolutely. The experience and the skill of, of the guys that I have on the ground around me uh, mm. to day-to-day manage the assets and manage what they're capable of. And right. taking their knowledge, which I suppose in a certain way, you're extracting data from someone's head as, right. as, as opposed to data that you see in front of you in numbers and letters. Uh, right. So, yeah, the data plays its part, doesn't it? It's from the engineer himself as opposed to from the right. technology and, and the end pieces to transfer that into the technology
0: right right that's interesting so that brings me to to, to the theme as we are discussing. Uh, uh, there are different ways in which asset performance management gets looked at. Uh, you know uh, what in your words is a holistic approach to asset performance management if, if you would talk about from the FM perspective
1: so so what we need the assets to be is reliable
0: um, right
1: so it's all about the reliability of the asset. And right. How how do you do that? Uh, you do it with a combination of manual people and interventions, mm-hmm. uh, and you, and you use the other things that people can't do, uh, i.e. the technology and the systems. Right. So, fr- from our perspective in healthcare, the reliability of the assets paramount. Mm-hmm. The functionality of it, how it functions, the right. delivery of the reliability and the functionality. Uh, we want to keep the vulnerability of, right. of the system at its absolute minimum. Right. Uh, and we want to keep the resilience of the system at its absolute highest mm. so when you when you merge those three or four things together in a bowl to me right. that that equals good asset performance management and and do you also bring in energy
0: and everything all involved into one is, is that something that you that you look at well besides reliability obviously i mean sustainability and, and, and reducing the energy consumption because not everyone looks at a hood like you know at a, at a single source of truth when it comes to life cycle of the cost of the running the asset and so on and so forth
1: yeah, yeah we absolutely look at the losses in particular that, mm. that the energy management can bring and, and what we can do with those losses and how we can restrict those losses uh, and, and by default life cycle becomes incre- uh, a lot better managed becomes right. less uh, right. because you, you, you're looking at the performance of the asset and you're right. asking it to do in a standardised way, right? something that allows it to last as long as possible. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, and
0: this this question is more, not, not specific to SEDEXO but it's more specific to the industry, right, at, at large. Uh, I mean, what are some of the key elements from your perspective? I mean, where is the industry when it comes to asset performance management and what do you think the future looks like? So where are we currently? When we, when you've you've spoken about reliability, you've, you've, you've spoken about the assets being available in a rapid manner at the lowest possible energy consumption. That they could do all of that. Where is the industry right now in terms of its practice, and where do you see it, it going? And what, according to you, is the ideal future?
1: So, so I don't think we've embraced enough the technology side of of what integrators and disruptors can help us with. Um, no my experience is telling me that we still rely on manual uh Mm. process manual people Mm. uh and sometimes there's a bit of a fear to Mm. take on uh the technology part of it Mm. so so that's what i see we currently sit just now in the industry going ahead uh Mm. as you know we're working on a load of uh processes together amish Mm. so absolutely we we need to use the technology and the best way to give us the best enablers and actionable insights mm. to, to, to develop into digital asset management. It's the way ahead. And and, and just, I mean,
0: you've, you've been around for 30 years, as you said, you've worked probably, up and not probably, you have up your way from, as you say, you've been a hands-on engineer. Uh, why do you think is there less adoption of technology? I mean, aren't there enough proof points? Uh, or people still doubt is ROI in question or it's just the ability of or or, or it's just that the clients don't pay for that 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 sort of an investment that you would do what would in general be the reason why you wouldn't embrace it
1: I think it's it's up to the service provider to prove that the service delivery model that they have Mm. is best for the client the the client won't pay a penny more if they don't need to uh, right. so it's important that FM providers and service providers in particular merge mm. uh, that in as a service line a unique service line uh, as opposed to expecting the client to pay for it because the client's just going to say that's up to yours to manage i'm paying you 10 million a year to do that with well, go do it mm. so I th- there's certainly from service providers from 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 organizations and companies there's a there's a fear of replacing the, the hands-on person, Mm. with the technology and that that's a curve that we're on just now we're a little bit behind the curve as a market not as a company Right, uh, right. so, so for, for me it's about it's about proof of value and proof of concept isn't it we, we've worked in that before mm. uh, and it's about persuading those higher up in the chain that it's the right thing to do Mm. This is
0: this is interesting, Darren, because I mean I've had a couple of other discussions. Obviously, we've we've had multiple themes and 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 uh, we've had CXOs from from FM companies and and where uh, a lot of uh, them kind of spoke speak about the fact that the uh, the the customers or the end customers, or the clients, are not willing to pay for technology and and I. Th- I've I've known for for quite some time now that you are a firm uh, believer that it's up to the service provider because you inbuilt it into your service rather than trying to sell it uh, as a software to uh, to to your end customer. So that's, that's obviously uh, always interesting. What do you think? Uh, you know, is so, so you you mentioned about client side. You've you've mentioned about uh, uh, the service providers. Do you think that the that the technology providers across the space, right from uh, the new age CAFIM, I mean, you've already you've you've had incumbent CAFIM providers, large companies, uh, and you look at new age companies which are into analytics and everything. Do you do you see is uh, yeah, do you see any 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 limitations from that side? Uh, which which I mean, do you think that the technology providers would, would probably want to do or would, should have to do more to make this transition happen more
1: smoothly? I think. What, what's effective is when it happens in little little spurts, uh, when you use processes like Kaizen processes and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- when you get a load of little things that equal up to a big thing, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good thing. When you mm-hmm. try and do a big thing all at the one go, mm-hmm. it's not a good thing. Uh, I'm probably being very general there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about the process of change management and baby right. steps to, to use loads of things in a little way that, right. makes a big, that makes a big thing better in the step phase process and right. not bite off more than you can chew at the one time. So, right. I mean, if we think about the big boys, they always right. try to build the Rolls Royce. Right. But if you have someone who comes along with a new way of changing the wheels on the Rolls Royce, then it looks like 10% better. And then mm. the next, you want to change the steering wheel and it mm. looks 20% better and then you give it new brand-new gold window wipers, and it looks 30% better. Mm. Better to do it that way is, is is to try and go away and take three years to build it right and,
0: and and is that is that is that trajectory also important from the org because that was my the follow up uh, point on this is that trajectory also important from the organizational perspective like because when you bring in technology when you bring in data uh, you know the people on the shop floor or, or i mean in the entire hierarchy of your engineering team they would also take time to to adjust and, and get used to what they, they see from such softwares or applications how do you see that what's your experience
1: so the experience is that the people who have never worked with it before on, mm. the, on the ground find it difficult. But let's not forget, they've all got Apple phones and iPads and all sorts at home. Mm. Uh, so, so they do work in it in a certain way. I mean, you look to enable it to them in that way. Well, you know what, mate, you're actually doing it at home. So why mm. can't you do it here? Uh, it, it may, it's, what I find is if, if you make it easy for them to understand, mm. then you make, you make it difficult for them to say no. Mm. Uh, and that's the process that we're following here. Let's make it easy to understand. Do it in little bits. We're right. working, we're working with uh, w- with your insights now and so on, or, or with exemplar <laughs> now known. Uh, yeah. And that, that's an easy, simple thing to look at mm. because it just gives you a, a simple way of looking at what your assets are doing on site, and right. it's not difficult for even the most hardened of on the ground engineer to pick that up.
0: Right, right.
1: And, you know,
0: it's interesting and and when you look at uh, what, I mean, so when you when you look at asset performance management, reliability, uh, shift to predictive maintenance, what, what comes to mind is, uh, which ultimately means that if you deploy all of this technology, data analytics, everything, ultimately you are moving away from a PPM regime to, to sort of a more predictive regime. Uh, do you see an appetite for customers to buy into it? Uh, are they, uh, especially with with kind of of, of uh, critical sites that you manage, and you say that no, you, we are not going to do it every quarter. We'll we'll do basis how the asset behaves. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk around it, but do you, do you see that the appetite coming in? I mean, I have we... you, uh... Have the cost, uh, you know, or, or let's say the uh, the impact of, of everything that's happened, has 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 that kind of tendency accelerated to move to that?
1: The, the appetite's there when you prove it to them. Mesh. They're, they're always going to be doubters by that. I mean, the customer's going to doubt something mm. if they don't see the proof in it. Uh, mm. So the appetite will come when you prove it. Uh, mm. And looking at the models that are available, now, right. too, is the integrators and disruptors. And I keep going back to the two little words. Mm. Uh, it's, it's easy to prove it because it's there. It's in front of you. You're seeing it on a screen. And you right. can simply walk to a plant room or an engineering area. And mm. if one equals one, then there's the proof. Right. It, it's, it's about you, you've got to be able to work and change the mindset of the customer. Right. That things that happen in a planned way mm. don't always benefit the asset and don't benefit the site. Uh, And if there's things like gain share and and sharing of of profitability and so on going on, then that that always uh, takes the eye of the customer, doesn't it?
0: That's true. So ultimately, passing the the value to the customer, and while obviously you you reap the benefits as well. So it's 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 two ways. I remember back from our, our but for the benefit of of everyone who's, who's who's listening to this, this is a funny. This is not funny. This is actually a two story. So I I actually went to Dubai first time. I mean, although I was supposed to go in for a vacation a little after that, but the is Darren is the guy who got me first to Dubai, and then obviously I I traveled quite significantly there till. Uh, we have the pandemic. Thanks, mate. I mean, thanks for doing that. I just remember and I thought everyone should know. Uh, uh, The the point that I was alluding to is uh, I remember we had this conversation back that the FM and the property management companies should have their own technology stack. You have had sick fm software, CMMS, uh, you know. uh, As you look to drive, I mean, and again, when I say you, I I mean the industry uh, in general as the industry in general looks to go to asset performance management, do you think uh, uh, the companies would look for their own technology stack as differentiator and say, we are not going to take something that's a commodity, but try to build something which is a differentiator, so that ultimately you could differentiate with your competitors?
1: No, I don't think the companies will, will, will have the appetite to do that. I think they'll have the appetite to use the technology, mm. but the, the property management companies and the owners of the facilities they want mm. to procure someone to go and do that for them. Uh, so mm. I think that space is more in the space of the service provider, uh, as opposed to the, the property developer or the property management companies. But it's but high the, cost exercise, but
0: the service provider, for example, right? So would the service? Pro- so what I was alluding to is more towards the service provider, and and saying is is so. For example, you have incumbents. Let's let's take a very simple example of of generic platforms that are available today, right? now they are available to everyone uh, and if you build something on top of that which is kind of a differentiator that adds value so you see that sort of a thing happening or you say it doesn't matter if our, if our, if a competitor also uses the same technology or same software it's it's all about how uh, you know you your team is, is making the best use of it
1: it's like uh, yeah it's all about open protocol, isn't it? Is if the if the property manager or the property owner wants to have that type of software and it's open protocol, uh-huh. then we we can have the service provider or other partners to the service provider coming in with technology that can integrate with the technology that's owned. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it depends what type of FM contract you're in. We, in particular, here we're in a very long term contract.
0: Right,
1: uh, it's, a, it's a PFI. So it's in our best interest to be able to enable them on behalf of the customer uh, for the next 25 years because that's our role. Uh, But if you're looking at the routine standard three year FM contract, then it's obviously, if that's the property manager's uh, business model to be changing Mm. the FM provider every three years, Mm. then I don't don't see how the property manager can rely on service providers to provide that type of service to them. So it, it kind of
0: almost comes back, uh, uh, back, back on them. Uh, that's that's interesting. And and, and and coming back to Sedexo in general, I mean, Sedexo is globally a huge player in the space, right? And and probably there's a lot happening in digital transformation. Uh, are there some of the initiatives that you guys are taking at the local level at UK, uh, or it's pretty much globally aligned? How does it how does it work? How does how does it, how does innovation come out at at CEDEXO?
1: it's pretty much globally aligned, uh, you know, it gets signed off, it gets produced and presented to uh, the, the executive committee. Uh, and there's a number of executive committees, there's hard FM committees, there's technical forum committees, there's IT committees, there's uh, business improvement groups and committees, there's a number of committees that I'm involved in and, and so is some of my team. Uh, so, yeah. so there is global strategies that are tactically laid out regionally and locally. Uh, right. So. So, but that that being said, sometimes the contractor, or the individual site, uh, such as ourselves, can can enable some new ways of working into the business that gets uh, taken with open arms and appreciated. So it's it's very much a many moving parts, many right. stakeholders involved, right. open opportunity with the organisation. Makes sense. And and and
0: would you like to? I mean, uh, talk about uh, uh, as we conclude I mean as a as a closing note from you what your what are your last few thoughts or let's say predictions when you look at asset performance management in the future you have alluded to it but any 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 like uh, standout predictions and and timelines from your perspective on how things would change Uh,
1: I think we're we've spoken about this before Amesh, and you've been kind enough in the past to pass me some case studies because because uh maybe you've got nothing better to do with your time than find case studies for me to look at uh but but, 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 (laughs) there you you go i don't know whether it's a sarcasm or humor but i would take it as humor (laughs) let's let's take it as a scottish humor mate you you, you know what you know how it goes Uh, yeah i mean it's it's certainly on a trajectory path uh and and technology is, is very quickly enabling better ways of working uh it's about how it's grasped, and, and more people like you and me. And I, I, I think it's about, uh, you know, it's about we've always done it that way. So why would we change it? And right. the fear element, the fear element in it, uh, is is beginning to become a bit more flexible. But right. I certainly, I certainly see in the next two or three years, uh, a change, right. a shift, change. We've seen that shift change in the last two or three years.
0: But totally
1: uh-huh. I mean, yeah. you, you, your, your company in particular has moved on leaps and bounds since we first met. And that's mm-hmm. that's great to see. It's great to see you you progressing in that way and building the business and the product in that way. Uh, and loads of other people are doing the same thing. Absolutely. It's,
0: yeah.
1: it, it's, it's going to get to the stage where the absolute statutory mandatory requirement you must do with people. Mm. Hopefully. Hopefully, will remain in place, and mm. everything else will be will will be enabled in a faster, better, cheaper way. Remember those three words? Yeah. FBC. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, the old "we don't know what we don't know" becomes a bit more of well, we know some of what we know that becomes mm. a lot more than we actually did know. Uh, so, I think the next two, two to three to five years is going to be very interesting space to be in. So and that's I said, "What's my?" I,
0: Probably, probably just like to dive a bit more on that. I mean, I know it was the closing comment, but so what you're trying to suggest that if I have 10 tasks to do, right, there are some tasks which are mandatory. They are more risk uh, uh, oriented and hence physical activity is going to be needed. But there are a lot more tasks which will probably then phase out and you will probably be able to replace it by data and only have someone attend if there is a need. Is that what you're trying to say? And and that's yeah. what what's the future looks like?
1: yeah and we've talked about that before where where we looked at uh in case studies when we when we when we've looked at six months of data and so on mm. we've we said okay what did we do that we didn't need to do What what's the information telling us and then right. we can pinpoint the legacy of it and say do you know what we actually had to do that because there's a book or a legal guidance behind it that tells us we must do that at right. that moment in time so right. so there's the element of the Things right. that you have to do annually and five yearly that need a physical sign-off. At this stage, I don't think technology has developed enough to, to give us that statutory compliance. But what right. it does do, it gives us a lot of information in behind it that mm. helps us back up that we're doing things in the right way. And certainly remove the manual intervention, which is which is where we need to be right i mean i think more than i mean as, as i think more than
0: more than re- remove the manual intervention i think again it's always empower them to to make the. i mean do stuff that's needed rather than doing stuff that's perhaps uh, not needed and not productive is a better way to, to to do it uh thanks darren thanks for your closing remarks absolutely uh it's, it's always an absolute pleasure to to uh, to to discuss with you to talk with you and talk about how things can be done on on the ground uh so yeah thanks again once again for for coming and taking time out you are on a very tight schedule so really deeply appreciate you taking time out mate
1: it's been a pleasure as always mate